Hey, this is Mary, and welcome to my podcast, Mental State, where I dive into all things mental health and more. So I don't want to waste any time here. I'm going to jump straight into a conversation that I had with my friend Jacqueline about ghosting and attachment styles. So check it out and let's get into it. Hot topic, something that's happened to most of us, I believe, is ghosting. Have you ever been ghosted, Mary? Yes, I have been ghosted. I'm sorry um, to hear that. Thank you. Thank member you. of the club. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, so my experience being ghosted is I was hadn't been in a relationship for a really long time. I really mm. was really wanting to be in a relationship. I was feeling like lonely and desperate, and I started dating this person a guy and I felt wow we have this connection we also have the same friends and I felt really seen and I felt taken care of I was going out to fun dinners and we were traveling and just just having a really good time together and I just got super attached to this person question you said you were having a really good time together mm -hmm. was it all like like, like tulips and cookies was it all magic rainbows and unicorns yeah there you go <laughs> you know in the beginning it really felt like it was like very magical probably uh -huh. for the first two or three weeks I was just like oh my god I feel like I was chosen by him and mm. and I was feeling also a lot of anxiety in the relationship it felt really good for the first couple of weeks and I got hooked in and then it's then it just started not feeling that great and I was like I don't even know is this the right person for me but I and then I just didn't care about that because I was like oh I'm dating somebody and I'm I'm feeling connected to someone and I was so mm -hmm. hungry for connection yeah that I didn't care about anything else I wasn't okay. taking care of me so much I was just so desperately wanting to be in a relationship yeah mm -hmm. yeah, yeah yeah which is fair right mm -hmm. when you know we as human beings inherently want to be in connection with others so there's nothing wrong with feeling that it's just more of is it in balance yeah with everything else and then my anxiety started to really take over he started to pull back and then he just oh. disappeared and it took me such a long time to not get... even a conversation no not even a conversation it was like it was <laughs> over and so it took such a me such a long time to get over that for yeah. me yeah because i was just like what's wrong with me what did i do so i, I just spent so much time ruminating over what I did wrong in the relationship because yeah. like why would why of course someone's gonna leave me because I must have done something wrong saying that first of all with ghosting the reason that is so painful because it does leave you with all these unanswered questions so it's a trauma of sorts right yeah and when we have trauma it's the world as we know it gets turned flipped on its head right so what our brains try to do is fill in the gaps of making it make sense in the world as the way that we knew it. And if you run anxious, one of the symptoms of anxious attachment is actually blame the self. I'm the problem, I'm the problem, I'm the problem. So that sounds like that tracks immediately with the anxiety of the unpredictable, not knowing when is this person, will this person reach out to me? Yeah, so, and just like waiting, oh, waiting, like unanswered text messages, waiting for the phone to ring. So it was just like really just so much anxiety was just running the show because I just wanted so desperately to be validated. Yeah, and ghosting, if you, this is true for anybody, it kicks up anxiety. But if you have a propensity towards anxiety or tend to lead with that, ghosting can really exacerbate that. 
what would you say, right? Like you gave a more extreme example, right? You're basically in a relationship with somebody yeah. and they pieced out without telling you. It's just, for all you out there who have ghosted, please do not do this. And we're going to get to that, okay? <laughs> do not do that. There are ways to handle this. And one of the things Mary and I as therapists are so passionate about is really helping you guys communicate better so some of this stuff isn't even a problem. Exactly. Now, on the side of the ghosty, <laughs> What would be your advice of kind of the top three tips you could provide in order to heal and move through that experience? It would have been helpful to have a therapist at that time, but <laughs> I didn't have that. Um, I did, you know, have my friends who probably listened to me ad nauseum, like talk about, oh, should I do this? Should I do that? So I, just like, I think having a supportive friend group that is going to hold you through that time and it also feels crappy that it's like god I feel all, all I'm doing is complaining about this mm -hmm. person and so also like just being able to sit with those feelings and try to make sense of what those feelings are actually about yes I am so glad you said that because what I hear in first of all when you mentioned therapist you and I have spoken about how we process things differently when we're already on the path of having some levels of awareness around our stuff, some stuff is going to be processed. We're gonna handle situations differently, as well as that part of the, what helps around therapy is that, right, like the, the therapeutic, the healing connection where you're not hiding, you're able to fully express, hopefully. I know the joke out there of, oh, I never <laughs> share that with my therapist, but I actually, while I am a therapist, I have a therapist myself and I am brutally honest like that is one of the places i go to that to have that sanctuary for myself but those of us who run anxious that external right like they tend to value external more than internal and so having that supportive friend network the therapist all of those tools outside oneself are going to be extra helpful mm -hmm. in navigating that along with what you mentioned learning to tolerate the feelings and that's that i always look at his bicep external social really strong and anxious attachers left bicep the internal i'm okay with my own experience i can tolerate these uncomfortable emotions that bicep's a little weaker right so building up the balance will mm -hmm. help the healing mm -hmm. yeah. yeah do you have any tips <sighs> <laughs> what i would like to share actually is a um and i think these will apply to what ghosting looks like on a smaller scale, right? Because we have, it's on a spectrum, just like attachment style. There's a spectrum of how anxious are we or who brings out what in us or how avoidant are we? And I was on a date with someone and we had a nice time. There was some chemistry there. I ultimately, I could just feel intuitively that we, I didn't have legs for long-term, but it was like, it was a good date and it was fun. And at the end of the date, we hugged goodbye and there was a moment of, are we going to kiss or not? And for me, I didn't want to kiss on the first date. Like, I just didn't want to do that. Good for and you. And he said, it did feel good, actually. And that's something, <laughs> I also run a little anxious, that something for you anxious attachers is no, is going to be your best friend, right? Because anxious attachers have issues saying no. Avoidance can say no all day long, right? So for avoidance, maybe the answer is going to be the yes. But for anxious people like me, it's allowing the no. So we didn't kiss. And then he said, we'll talk soon. <laughs> and then the soon never came. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is, it's not a complete ghosting, right? It was just like no follow-up. And I know some people don't consider that ghosting, but I think in today's language, it is. 
and what it stirred up in me well there's was, an expect I think when there's a setup of a level of expectation yes. and it's not met then that can definitely fall into the category of ghosting exactly and that's what it did it's just hit this little part of me mm-hmm. that was like but maybe mm-hmm. and is he going to follow up like when I get home is there going to be a message or it just triggered that part that was like will he won't he and because, and this is, so this is what I would share with, because I had done enough work around healing my attachment style, I was able to really ground it to my feelings about it and focus on that. And my feelings were, I don't get that. It wasn't quite the kind of connection I had wanted. So even giving myself that as an anxious attacher, because that need to feel close can trump your, your yeah. truer feelings. Mm-hmm. And that I didn't really see it going anywhere. So I kept it on me. And that's some advice that I would give of really making sure if you're in the experience of dating and you run a little anxious is to really make sure you're able to ground into how do I feel about this person? And I remember before I had so many years of therapy and I wasn't in grad school yet for this stuff. And I remember a friend said to me, I was talking about some person and she goes, but where are your feelings in this? How do you oh, feel about the person? Right. I was like, but what are you talking about? They're doing A, B, and C, right. and C. I'm trying to see if they like me or not. And I couldn't understand that, like, I was allowed, I, cu- I couldn't even see it. So there was huge progress around that. And the, the bottom line is focusing on yourself. And because I'd done enough work, that regulation piece, by the next day, midday, I didn't even care. I was like, I don't even want to hear from this person. There's no going out again. And that was like a, a proof of growth. And I still had to do some regulation. I still had to assert that this was like a thing that it put within me. And I would say, you and I have been speaking about this, for communication, I could have in the moment, actually, when I, because I felt that moment when he's, mm-hmm. will talk soon, I could have actually <laughs> said something then for myself. Right. I could have said, are you sure? Were we feeling this for a second? And just cleared that up for myself in the moment. Or maybe I even said, you know what? I had a lovely time. I don't see this going anywhere, even though you were great. Just to say that could have saved me even that tinge. Yeah. And I think that's so important because I think also in the moment, what I was hearing you say was like, you were allowing yourself to notice the feeling, even the feeling of when he said talk soon, it's, oh, will we, won't we? I don't know. And, And also just even noticing like, what part is yours? What part is his? I think that's really important. And one thing that I wanted to talk about too was we were talking about tips was like when I hear the word when I hear the words we'll talk soon that to me is a red flag that means we are not going to talk at all which I knew (laughs) it immediately was like ding but then it's still confusing right because is the ding a red flag or is the ding being like ooh he likes me so I think that confusing a little mixed message totally confusing and so I think that's why it's important to For me, when I was ghosted, there were so many red flags that were going on, but I just chose to ignore them because I wanted that connection so badly. So just what your friend was saying, what do you want? And so I didn't even give myself any time to figure out what I wanted because I think the only thing that I really wanted was a connection and it didn't matter with whom. So I think like paying attention to those red flags because those red flags have so much information that if we don't pay attention to the red flags, then we are not we are not coming to into that relationship with from a place of our intuition which is our all-knowing and that's like really where the compass is we're just like everything is just getting completely jumbled up we're ignoring our intuition and we're ignoring the red flags and that reminds me how i asked you 
while you were seeing him, was it still all, what did you say, rainbows and unicorns? Rainbows and unicorns. <laughs> or tulips and cookies. Yeah. <laughs> we'll include all of right. that. All of those Girls got things. cookies. <laughs> Samosas. I did eat a whole box the other day. I don't want to talk about or it. Or Samoas. <laughs> um, I think they're coconut, chocolate coconut yeah. cookies now. Or oh, okay. Like oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm really focused on those coconut <laughs> I know, now. right? My God. Okay. <laughs> Back to what you had said that you were noticing little things along the way and I truly believe this when I think back Upon every experience that has happened to me around ghosting. I can think of another one off the top of my head. Oh girl. Yeah (laughs) And working with clients and seeing the same Similar things of there's there are always those little intuitive hits But when the insecure attached part of us that says that we'll go with the anxious right now because that's what gets triggered when someone's getting ready to ghost us, when we sense the unavailability, the anxiety can come up within us. It, it knows, but it, because the survival mechanism says, no, I need you close to feel okay, it starts to run the show. And so part of the work is as you learn to regulate, feel your feelings, you build that muscle for the ability to tolerate discomfort. And that discomfort is going to lead you to learning whether somebody really works for you or not. Mm -hmm. And that can be terrifying for both anxious types and avoidant types Mm -hmm. and the disorganized types, right? In Mm -hmm. essence, it's I'm insecure with my experience internally. Yeah, I mean, that discomfort has so much information. So much. Yeah, and learning of, is this a red flag, or is this something within me, or is it a little bit of both? Sometimes we might need more time, but it can take away the sting of the surprise, which I think is really important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Know? And speaking of, just to touch upon, I think this is really important for all of you people out there who've done the ghosting. I'm proud to say I never have, because I always went with, I wanna treat someone how I would like to be treated, which is to know. And so for ghosters, let's hear your, Oh, God, I can totally talk about ghosters because I've also been on the other side of that. I've ghosted. Mary, you should be ashamed of yourself. It it doesn't, for me, it didn't feel good to be somebody who ghosted, but, and also, Mm. like, I couldn't tolerate. Did it not feel good at the moment or later? Were you clocking it at the moment? It still doesn't feel good. Yes, I was clocking it at the moment. I was noticing, I'm like, oh, this feels so uncomfortable for me to. So instead of telling the person the truth, hey, I'm not interested in being in a relationship with you anymore, it was just, that felt like so insurmountable to do that it was just easier to disappear. And I think that's the discomfort. And so I think it's really important, and I know this is what you were getting to, was how do you show up as a person who usually avoids the goodbye and just as what we call the Irish goodbye, the French <laughs> goodbye, all the goodbyes where you just disappear the into Irish the woodwork, goodbye. goodbye, with no goodbye. <laughs> How do you, yeah, so what do you do as the ghoster? What, what, what would you tell somebody to, to tell some, what would you have told that person who said, oh, we'll talk soon? What would you have wanted to hear from them instead? So I'm a big fan of be direct, rip the bandaid off. The truth hurts for a second, but it brings you the peace. So while the rejection might hurt, the peace around it can feel great. You move on quick, right? So it hurts, but quick and done, right? And so I would have preferred if he had just said, listen, I find you lovely, but we're not quite a match and nice to meet you. And that would have been a little sting. 
Now, I've done enough work to have the ability to handle my rejection because that can also make us spiral if we're uncomfortable with our emotions, right? So it is that dance, and right, some of us, I know I've heard some people say, I, I don't wanna hear what's wrong with me, but that already says, there's nothing wrong with any of us. We could just not be in alignment on right. some level. Exactly. But going back to the avoidant part of us, it's important to remember, this doesn't mean that behavior is okay but that the behavior is also coming from a place of insecurity in the sense of I'm uncomfortable with my feelings, I'm uncomfortable with the conflict, I'm uncomfortable with this conversation, or I'm gonna rationalize right out of it, just check out of it, forget, right? Some of us, the freeze response can make us completely forget, right? The, the anxious type's like, when are you gonna call? When are you gonna call? When are you gonna call? The avoidant type's like, I forgot. Oh, I did well, I contacted you in a week. That's good, because they can actually forget. So. There are different ways. It's like apples to oranges. Yes, they're both fruits, but they're different fruits, right? So there are different ways of processing or not processing, really. And so for the avoidant, it's going to be to start getting oneself to fire that they're actually like having the awareness of, oh, this is uncomfortable for me or something's off for me in some way. And it's safe for me to express myself. It doesn't mean that person's going to respond in a way that is safe you get to leave and walk away, but that in essence, it feels safe within you to have the ability to be honest. Mm -hmm. And that takes time and it takes, there's, there ain't no way out but through. Yeah, it, yeah. yeah, and it's uncomfortable. It feels uncomfortable because most of us didn't grow up in a house that had a lot of like open and honest communications in, so that we can work through the discomfort of that. So when we're adults and we're trying to figure out how to be in a relationship, we don't want to hurt the other person. And so we'd rather either not say anything and just disappear or on the flip side, have the anxiety show up and just be like, am I okay? Is it it's okay? Or and just be wanting to be like validated. So I think it's learning these new ways of communication can actually be so relieving because looking back, if I had just said to that person like, hey, this isn't working out, it would have probably, it would have saved me so much time and trouble, so much time and, trouble and <laughs> it feelings. wouldn't have yeah. felt good in the moment, and looking back, I know I could have walked away and felt really good about myself for being honest with myself and being honest to the other person. You know, that I just want to give a few tips around language we can use because sometimes I'll yeah, ask that, like, what exactly so would you important. say? So if you're in this position where something isn't feeling right, it's I had a really great time with you. As a woman, I, I say this, I don't know if as a man or somebody who identifies as non-binary would say this, but I intuitively feel we're not quite a match or something feels a little off about this. I don't think we're quite in alignment, but I had a great time with you. I, good luck in your search. That's a very easy thing to say that doesn't bring out, oh, you had this fault. We don't want to get into there's something wrong with you because there's not necessarily, there's not necessarily there's something wrong with me. It's how we're interacting together. So just as simple as, there's something that doesn't feel like quite in alignment, so it's gonna be a no for me. Or I think that we're not quite a match. It's a gentle way, that's yeah. what I would say. What, what would you say, Mary? I think that's a really good idea. And I think the other part of it for me, because what just popped into my head was like, it's incredible that we go out on these dates and 
with that expectation of, oh, is this going to be my forever person? And so I think maybe changing the expectation, like going in, going into the date as, okay, this is going to be a fun experience. I'm going to meet somebody new. I'm going to learn about, I'm going to learn something new about somebody that I've never met before instead of, oh, I'm buying my wedding dress on my way to the date and this better work out. And so I think like really managing expectations can be really helpful for those of us who run anxious. And by that, I just want to clarify with those managing expectations, because those of you who run anxious, avoidance will have no problem with that. They'll be like, great. But the anxious types might say, I, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know how to manage my expectations. I can't help but show up in this way. And what I say to that is knowing, oh, I'll just use myself as an example. Oh, Jacqueline, if I were in, in those shoes, oh, you're really wanting to meet your person because you're struggling with maybe being alone right now, or maybe you just really want to be on to another phase of your life. Yeah, or and, be in partnership with someone. Yes. Yeah. And so you see how I recognized within myself and did that mm -hmm. self-talk of understanding what I was feeling. And even, I don't know if you could hear it, but there was an element of compassion towards myself. And that's how you manage those expectations of, I know this is hard, Jacqueline. Uh, this is something you want. I hear that. Let's just go and have a good time. That is a start. It's a stepping stone to letting go of those expectations. That self-compassionate yeah. self-talk. Yeah. Love I love it. it. <laughs> what is it? Jinx, I think we've heard um, so remember, each date here is an opportunity to work on this stuff, to work on the communication, right? To work on your attachment style and regulating yourself so that you can come to the table ultimately as a secure individual, right? Because stuff is going to happen in life. We can't control that. We do have the power to turn ourselves into having that deep, secure attachment, and that will serve our whole lives better. So take us with you when you're on your next date. Yes, take us with you when you're on your next date. Notice, notice any red flags. Talk to yourself with self-compassion. I love that, mm -hmm. having that conversation with yourself. And what's, what do we want to leave our listeners with? What's the last juicy tip? I think reminding yourself that somebody else is also going through an experience. And while that might be scary because it might feel like you're, do I have no boundaries if I have empathy or compassion? It can also make it uh, make you understand that it is not so personal. I love that self-compassion piece, and it isn't so personal. So if you have any questions about ghosting, about attachment styles, reach out to me. You can DM me on Instagram at Mary B Therapy, and be sure to listen every week. We have a whole season of topics around attachment style. So tune in, love for you to reach out, and thank you for listening.